Happy New Year. Susan Bauer here with our first episode of the new year. So I know you're probably tuning into this on another day other than New Year's Day. You're probably celebrating with your family. But we wanted to kick off 2022 by actually going back and doing a replay of a very popular episode that was shared in January of 2020. And this episode is with somebody that is near and dear to our heart, Amy Kadora, Chief Brand and Mission Officer. And the whole idea of this was really, what could you do that would be very simple ways to create a healthy lifestyle going into the new year? And so we have five tips for you. And so Amy, let's kick it off. So Amy, mm-hmm. how's the new year shaping up for you? <laughs> well, you know, the, the new year is always a great time to kind of reflect on the previous year, uh, at least for me, and look at ways I can continue um, to, to, you know, create that healthy lifestyle. And I was listening to a podcast, another podcast last night, and one key takeaway for me was progress, not perfection. Right. So can you, can you make progress, whether it's in exercising more and, and eating healthy and, and doing, for example, meditation. But if you fall off that wagon, it's OK. Just get back up. It's all about progress. Did you make progress? Yes, you did. So this to me, you know, looking at some of these healthy habits again, you know, think about it as progress in grabbing a few of them and incorporating them into into your I hate to use the word resolutions, but your plans, your plans for 2020. Yeah, into your lifestyle in 2020. Um, And I love the idea of progress um, over perfection. Hear that a lot in a lot of different areas, you know, in the business, in your life. A lot of times we can be hard on ourselves. Oh my Mm -hmm. God, I thought I was going to. So I know that you have five that you're going to share. Yeah. And these are ones that, you know, again, pick one, pick them all, uh, share them with uh, friends and family, but may give you some things to focus on as you move into the new year. So these are really, really simple things to do, too. Right. Um, a lot of times I think that we say, I'm going to lose 70 pounds, in the- <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, it's just not really realistic. So I think all of these are very doable. So let's start with uh, walking into your home. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That is a big one. And there's some really simple things that you can do before you even really get in the door. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you think about it, one, one of the things that I've always tried to do with my kids is get them to take their shoes off at the front door or at the garage door when they come in through that way. And honestly, it's virtually impossible to do. Um, I've tried. Clearly, I did not start early enough to get them well trained. So one of the key ways that I always advocate for people to look at reducing the dirt and contaminants in their home is to have a really good doormat right at the front door. Oftentimes we put those doormats on the outside part of the door, which is, is an excellent way to start. But to put the, a doormat on the inside of part of the door, by the front door, by your back door, by your garage door, uh, really helps to cut down on those contaminants. And in fact, we've talked about 
the findings from an EPA study said that when a doormat was used and shoes were not worn, so this is really key, you do have to not put your shoes on, dust from lead and other chemicals in the home were reduced by about 60%. So that simple act of putting that doormat down and also taking off your shoes can have I think a lot of health benefits long-term and also, you know, makes your cleaning time much shorter, right? If you're not bringing in the stuff you have to clean in the, uh, to begin with, you're not spending as much time cleaning. Wow. 60%. That's a pretty staggering statistic. It really, really is. And it's such, again, back to simple, making things super simple. You know, it's an easy way to do it. Another stat we've got is around 30 to 40% of contaminants that are actually inside your home are brought in from the outdoors. So you know that what, what's in there and what you're having to clean and breathe is being brought in from the outdoors. So making sure you have those doormats um, are really, I think, a, a, an easy change out, a, a simple change out that you can make in your home that'll make cleaning easier, but also really contribute to creating that um, safe haven. Yeah, and taking your shoes off, maybe that's something you do as a family for the new year. Exactly. You know, put a little, um, like a nice basket, a pretty basket by those doors so you can just kind of throw them in there. Um, I've had baskets which had lids on them so I don't have to actually look at them. I can just cover the lid at night when I get home and don't have to worry about it. So there are some great ways to, to make it, um, it, just make it one of those habits. And it is a habit. And how many days does it take for a habit to get ingrained? It takes 21 days for a new activity to become a habit. Mm-hmm. So again, progress over perfection. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yep. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Doormat, take your shoes off. Number two, let's move into uh, eating and habits that we can do that are simple um, ways to help in the kitchen. So I really would encourage everyone to make 2020 the year that you Take a morning and look at your, open your kitchen cabinets and look and see how much plastic you may have in your kitchen and make it a goal to either eliminate that plastic or replace that plastic. So thinking hard about how you're using those plastic pieces, it's almost like your clothes closet, right? You go in, you should go into your clothes closet and go, wow, have I used this in a year or worn this in a year? If I haven't, I should give it away uh, to someone who would really appreciate it. It's kind of the same thing, I think, when you look at plastic. If you dig into those cabinets, and I know you're going to find it, there will be pieces of, of plastic that you've saved for a year or longer you haven't used or you don't use regularly. And that's a great time to say, hey, let's recycle it. Let's pass it on. And let's look at replacements for these that are more permanent, like glass and stainless steel and silicone to use for food storage, either, you know, at leftovers or when you're doing your meal prep for lunch, looking at those alternatives to pull plastic out of the home. We know that plastic, particularly when it's reheated, so in a microwave or when you put warm food into it, it has the potential to release some of the chemicals that are used to make plastic into your food, and of course, then the potential is that you're you're eating it and consuming it. So it's a really easy way to kind of take on that project on a Saturday morning, look at your, your plastic items and decide what makes sense for you to replace. Um, looking at aluminum foil and plastic wrap, that's a you know certainly something to look at and say, hey, can I, how many times can I replace these with 
products like the silicone lids instead that will cover the leftovers or looking at silicone containers or glass or stainless to put those, those leftovers in instead and carry them to, to work. So single-use plastic is a big polluter in our waterways uh, as well. So any, any way that we can look, I don't think we can eliminate plastic, honestly, from our lives, Susan. It's, it's something that you know, there are a lot of, I think, some good purposes for, but we need to look at those ways where we can pull it out. Again, progress, not perfection, right? Make it easy on yourself, but look at those things and figure out what you can eliminate from, from a plastic standpoint. Well, and I also think of it too, like you said, once a year, you know, you kind of do that evaluation in your closet and they will often you hear, okay, you know, the new year is when you want to replace your batteries, you know, just take it as right. you go around and you replace everything, you know, all the batteries to make sure that your home is safe. This would be a good one too. Like you said, you know, um, you'll be surprised at how many you have and how many things that you could replace with safer, sustainable products. Okay. That's a great one. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, I even, I have this craft cabinet, Susan, and I'm always saving like my cottage cheese containers. I'm like, oh, I'll figure out something to do with them. And years go by, I still, they're, I'm, they're guilting me from the craft counter to, or the craft cabinet to do something with them. And finally, in January, I just give up the ghost and say, okay, we, we need to go ahead and recycle those. We are not going to find some really cute Instagram, Pinterest uh, way to store Ends, uh, by decorate. I just, it, it's not going to happen. So for me, that's a big one. Well, you know, and that's an easy way to get rid of some of that guilt. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> okay. So we, we've had uh, what you do at the front door. Right. Something you can do in the kitchen. Something that I think is, is one that people do, but you had some great suggestions for your shopping and grocery bags. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So happy that, you know, it's becoming much more common to see people with re recycled plastic bags that they're using to carry their groceries in and out from the car to the, to the grocery store and back. And one of the things I know that's key for this is actually remembering your reusable grocery bags, right? Because I've seen signs in the parking lots, remember your grocery, your reusable grocery bags, because invariably we forget because they're in the trunk. So one of the habits that I've gotten into is I try to keep at least one bag in the front, in the front seat, uh, the passenger front seat on the floor as a reminder that I have even more in the back and a reminder when I go to the grocery store to take it in with me. And I also stuff my produce bags, my reusable produce bags in that bag so I also don't forget them because that's an easy, easy one to forget. And I have to say that I'm guilty of that one. I often have them in the trunk and I'll be at checkout thinking, oh, my bags. And I don't know about where everyone lives, but in my community now, you it's not an option. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have plastic bags anymore. Mm -hmm. you know, in the States, that's still a case that you can get them at the grocery store. But but that's a that's a really easy no brainer then way to always remember your bags and to bring them into the store with you. you you're right, and we don't have those laws here in Texas, but. 
um, at least as far as I know, not in the cities that I, Coppell and Plano, but I do know there are grocery stores, small grocery stores that don't have them at all. So you can buy one that's made out of recycled plastic, or they'll even give you those boxes that the food comes in. kind of like Costco, right? So, and they'll use that to bag essentially, quote unquote, your groceries for you. Yeah, well, I live in Massachusetts and a while ago they did away with plastic bags. And what was interesting is all of a sudden seeing how many more people then would bring their reusable bags. They'll Mm. give you paper bags if you don't have them, but they really encourage you to use, uh, to, you know, bring bags in, which everybody has them. So it makes a lot of sense. All right. So that gives us three tips. All right. Let's move on to the bedroom and sleeping. We know that's something that not everybody gets enough of. And maybe there's some things we could do to create healthier Mm -hmm. habits in the new year. Absolutely. I mean, sleep is, you know, I know our parents used to tell us how important it was to get a good night's sleep, but there is just so much data coming down about how it's it's an important pillar of good health, getting sleep. And when you don't get enough sleep, you have an increased risk of, we've talked about this in our in our healthy home meetings, right? An increased risk of early death, of diabetes, of heart disease, of obesity. So, when you don't get enough sleep, it really puts your body on the defensive as it relates to being able to, you know, help combat these issues. So really important to make getting a good night's sleep one of your healthy habits that you want to begin doing. And honestly, I make it a little easier on myself. I say, okay, start with four nights a week, right? Four nights a week, I am bound and determined to get eight hours of sleep a night. So, you know, easy enough to figure out what time that means you need to go to bed, but really important, more important than than probably anything else you can do in the evening is to ensure you're getting to bed at the right time. That, as you guys know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, not being on your electronics because the light from your electronics actually signals to your brain to uh, not be producing the melatonin that it needs to be going to sleep. So that's an important, I I remind myself of that as I get ready to pick up my phone to, you know, check out the latest emails that, hey, this is going to impact whether or not I get a good night's sleep and is it really that important? And some nights it is, but most nights it is not important enough to risk that sleep. So really focusing on how you can, you know, reduce your amount of electronics, make your sleeping area really your sleeping haven, you know, make it what you want it to be. Make sure your bed is as comfortable as it can be. This may be a time where you want to consider if your mattress is quite old, do you need a new mattress that's far more supportive and comfortable? Looking at your sheets as well. Are those sheets uh, inviting um, and something that you want to get into? Make it a little ritual, whether it's a a cup of hot tea you're going to have in bed or lighting a candle or Uh, reading, having a good book. That's my thing is I try to have really good books by my bed. So I'm tempted to read versus tempted to go and read the news on my phone, which uh, uh, immediately is disrupting sleep. Um, A couple of things that that I've done, and I know this is hard for people. I actually don't have my phone next to my bed anymore because it's just too tempting. Mm. Um, And I use a different alarm, you know, just like one of those. And the other thing, I used to always read on my Kindle. 
before I go to sleep and realized again, it's that you're having the screen and it's keeping you from falling asleep. So a good old fashioned book. Um, I always have one of those next to my bed as well. And you know, this is really easy to test, Susan. I mean, I, that's, this is how I figured it out that it was in fact having uh, an impact. You know, try a night where you're doing, you're on your, your computer or your phone right before you go to bed and then try a few nights without it and see if you notice you're able to fall asleep easier or you're able to stay asleep too. The other thing I was thinking, I keep my bedroom really cool. I like my bed right around 64, 65 degrees. And I keep it there really year round, even though the rest of the house may be warmer, just because I like, they, they say that the colder it is, the better your body adapts and the better sleep you have as well. And then last, one of the things I started doing last year, and I really liked it was I put a little mat, I put our doormat actually by my bed. Um, and I use that just to kind of wipe my feet before I get in the bed. Because I was noticing if I wasn't wearing slippers and I was walking around barefoot in my house, I'd get in the bed. I'm like, that feels a little crumbly down there by my feet. And it was everything that was on my feet was getting into my bed. So I just got in the habit of having that, that mat there so I could kind of wipe my feet off before I got in bed. That's a, that's a really good practice. Uh, I might have to try that one. Mm -hmm. If you remember when we did our events, uh, we have a little sleep quiz. And the one that everyone got wrong, I have to say, because <laughs> unanimously, there's a perception. And so I'll ask you this, just as you're thinking about sleeping, do you think men or women get more sleep? Okay, so did you answer that for, for yourself? All right. So here's the answer. Actually, women get more sleep than men. And unanimously, when we would ask this in a <laughs> rooms full of people, everyone thought that men got more sleep. But um, in reality, I, I'm thinking that that statistic though spans the years because if you're um, someone with little kids, I kind of remember you didn't really get as much sleep. Uh, and, no. Yes. No. Uh, so okay. So. I think we're up to number five, Amy. Yes, so we're on the fifth one. Um, so let's talk about, again, at night, how can you take care of your skin? Right. So the nighttime is a great time to take advantage of your, your skin's natural repair, rejuvenation cycle that it goes through, right? Okay. So think about for 2020, really reducing the number of chemicals that you're applying to your skin at night when it's going through that process, right? Instead of putting chemicals on, think about, can I put products on my skin that are going to actually feed my skin, are going to give my skin the nutrients that it needs as it's going through this repair and, and, and uh, rejuvenate cycle. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about is that women on average use about 12 personal care products per day. So if you think about that, it's, you know, what's your, what's in your shower, what's by your sink, your deodorant, all the products that you're putting on, usually not just once, twice a day. And those 12 personal care products have the potential to expose your skin to 168 different chemicals. And it's, it, it's when you think about the combination of those chemicals together and the application on the skin, and we continue talking about the, the burden that that may place on your body, this seems like a pretty easy change out that you can do looking for products that have far less chemicals 
uh, that you're putting on your skin that have more natural or plant-based ingredients that you're putting on your skin. One of the ones that I love is our illuminating oil because it's just a powerhouse of natural oils and some of those Nordic ingredients that are antioxidants that are really there to help your skin when it's going through this process. And the oils are wonderful because if you think of your skin as brick and mortar, kind of a brick and mortar wall, the bricks being the skin cells, well, the mortar in between are lipids or fats that are there to really strengthen and kind of hold up your skin cells. Using a product like Illuminating Oil goes in and replenishes those lipids between your skin cells to really help in, the, in that structure of the skin. So it's a product that I absolutely love, especially using at night in my routine, because it feels like it's everything my skin needs, you know, to, to, to begin that process, that repair process overnight that it does. Oh, and everyone, aren't you excited about our new Lacer Rejuvenating Radiance Serum? Like so many of our other Lacer products, this is amazing. If you haven't tried it, put it on your New Year's list of things that you're going to try right away. So um, this product, this serum, it improves elasticity, it reduces visible signs of aging, very important, and it's powered by a blend of peptides that help brighten your skin, all those things that we need, right? So I hope you got a lot out of this episode, and as always, you want to just pick and choose. So what am I going to do now? Well, it's the new year, so you want to create some new habits. And we know that it takes 21 days to create a habit. So here's a few things to keep in mind. You want to think of progress over perfection, like Amy had mentioned, because you're not, you know, when you always do something and you think it has to be perfect, you often disappoint yourself. But if you're making progress, yay for you. You want to plan ahead. You know, you can't expect that something's going to happen if you don't have a plan for it. Talk about it with others. You know, it's always that holding yourself accountable and reward yourself. So say that you, you know, really reduce all the plastics in your kitchen. You know, reduce, you know, reward yourself with a nice dinner or something like that and stick to it because again, it isn't going to be it isn't going to happen overnight. And it does take a little bit of time to create the habits that we want. So always closing with an action item. And I think that you just want to go out, try one of the many things that Amy suggested. Start with one and start off on the right foot. And catch you next time.